From Cowork 591 Studios, this is the Steve Brown Arts Center Podcast Network, and this is the Jessup News. Before we start, we get the, at the Steve Brown Arts Center. Don't thank Tony and Kelly enough at the Heartland for their patience, support, and use, and help with the technology here at the Cowork Studios. Their uh, help is uh, remarkable. The Steve Brown Arts Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that has a vision for artists, young and old alike, to have the opportunity to better themselves while helping to build the skills of those around them. It will be offering community programming starting in Jessup, Iowa, before expanding to neighboring communities. Programming will include a community speaker series that will showcase existing creatives who reside within the community, as well as pop-up series that will spotlight and partner with local businesses to provide opportunities for community engagement. The long-range vision is to house a rural artist residency program for professional and emerging artists in all areas of the arts and the humanities. Artists will be offered accommodations and studio space in exchange for contributions of labor and maintenance of the buildings and grounds. I'm Jim Gillespie with producer Blake Tempest. Blake has done exceptional work for the Steve Brown Arts Center, and he continues to produce very good work for us week after week. I don't thank him enough either as we, as we produce this week's program first, the first week audioly and visually. You have to put up with my, my ugliness for the week. First, the city report. The Jessup City Council met in regular council meeting on Monday, October 17, 2022 at 7 p.m. in the Jessup City Hall. Public access to the meeting was accessible through YouTube from a computer, tablet, smartphone, or telephone. Mayor Chris Even called the meeting to order at 7 p.m. Members present included Denny Bell, Curtis Shears, David Bishop, and Todd Rolfson. Rolfson joined the meeting at 7.16 p.m. Absent was Craig Wright. There was a motion by Bishop, seconded by Shares, to approve the agenda. Motion carried three to nothing. There was a motion by Bell, seconded by Bishop, to approve and adopt the following items on the consent agenda and approve the minutes of the October 3rd through 2022 regular council meeting and October 6, 2022 special council meeting. Two, approve the city clerk reports. Three, approve the claims and give directions to pay roll call, eyes, bell, shares, bishop, nays, none. Motion carried three to nothing. I won't read through the, uh, the uh, claims presented to the city council for October 17th. There was a public hearing for a motion by bell seconded by bishop to open the public hearing on a matter of amending chapter 99 regarding sewer service charges. Motion carried three to nothing. The clerk reported no oral or written objections has been filed. Mayor even opened the floor for any objections. Hearing none, the mayor requested a motion to close the public hearing. Motion by Bishop, second by Bell to close the public hearing. Motion carried three to nothing. The mayor declared the public hearing closed. The mayor stated his ordinance is a continuation of the 9% sewer rate increase for the wastewater treatment plant project. Motion by Bishop, seconded by Bell, to approve the first reading of an ordinance as follows. An ordinance amendments, amending Chapter 99 regarding sewer services charges 
Roll call eyes. Bishop shares. Bell nays none. Motion carried three to nothing. Public hearing. Motion by shares, seconded by Bishop to open the public hearing for the CDBC application to develop a comprehensive neighborhood revitalization plan. Motion carried three to nothing. Six people were in attendance. Dennis Emmy, Carolyn Hackwell, Kim Ligenfelder, Michael Fetkether, Becky Elson, and Nick Frosky. The clerk reported no oral or written objections had been filed. Mayor even opened the floor for any objections. Carolyn Hackwell questioned the qualifications for the single-family housing rehabilitation, how the need for the proposed activities was identified. The project was identified as a result of needs assessment, city council work sessions, and was discussed at the Jessup City Council meetings. Low and moderate income, from here forward called LMI, needs were identified through a low local income survey conducted in October 2022. Said LMI percentages is expected to be greater than 51% of persons in the identified neighborhood. Nature of proposed activities. Preparing an action plan for targeted neighborhood or revitalization redevelopment. The project must target LMI neighborhood and address several interrelated but distinct activities, including owner or tenant-occupied single-family housing rehabilitation, commercial building facades, parks and open space, sidewalks and trails, storm water and drainage improvements, community facilities, water and sewer upgrades, curb and gutter, street repair, demolitions and clearance, and or streetscape improvements. The funding source, the CDBG planning, would be about an estimated budget of $23,000. The CDBG administration would be $2,000. The local matching would be $3,750 for a total cost of $28,750. Total requested of CDBG federal funds of $25,000. Estimated portion of several federal funds that will benefit persons of low and moderate income will be determined following the completion of the income survey. The study will provide no direct benefit for persons of LMI, meaning they will not be handed a check or cash amount. The city will provide $3,750 as a local match to the project. This project allows for new and expanded service to the low and moderate income families in the neighborhood, including senior citizens and persons with fixed incomes. Planning would begin in January 2023. Project is estimated to be completed by August of 2023. No one is expected to be displaced by the CDBG activity. If there is anyone being displaced, the city would follow the HUD relocation and displacement policy. Project application will be submitted on or before November 1, 2022. Community Development and Housing Needs Assessment. The Community Naden, City of Jessup, Iowa. Community Development and Housing Needs Assessment of Low and Moderate Income Persons. Curb and gutter, stormwater and drainage improvements, upgrades to aging infrastructure in originally platted areas of the city are a priority of the city council. Much of the recent expansion and maintenance 
has been focused on areas outward from the central business district and surrounding neighborhoods. Needed improvements include replacements of sections of curb and gutter in the target neighborhood, as well as improvements to existing storm sewer and additions in the drainage network to increase continuity with areas of less dated infrastructure. That's a high need. Housing rehabilitation with a moderate percentage of low to moderate income residents within the community, the city feels a need to encourage and help residents with improvements to their homes. Needed improvements include exterior maintenance needs, energy efficiency improvements, and accessibility enhancements. That's a high need. Park and open space improvements. The West Land Corn Park Pavilion currently has structural deficiencies that limit its use as a shelter and gathering space for residents of and visitors to the Central Business District in Jessup. The addition of more structurally sound and attractive facility for family and friends to gather or the community to host local events would be good community asset and welcoming addition to the existing playgrounds and the newly constructed accessible basketball court. That's, a, that's considered a low need. Community development and housing needs of non-LMI residents. Rehabilitation of downtown buildings. As part of the desire to see reinvestment in the city of downtown area, the city would like to see the restoration and rehabilitation of some of the existing buildings in the downtown area. Area of the Central Business District has been identified as outdated, deteriorating, and in need of a facelift. Revitalization and enhancement of the facades would add to the aesthetic and appeal of the community and encourage further investments in CBD. That is a medium necessity. Uh, Independence has been doing a number of those on their downtown uh, this past few years. Streetscape and commercial facade improvements. The city would like to extend the stamped brick sidewalks that line the central business districts north toward the public library and south toward the railroad tracks. Areas of the central business district have also been identified as outdated, deteriorating, and in need of a facelift. Expansion of the sidewalks would add to the aesthetic and appeal of the community and encourage further investments in CBD. That's a medium request. Encourage development of new housing. The city desires to see new mid-level and high-value housing growth within the community. That is a medium request. Plan for potential activities to address housing and community needs. The Jessup Comprehensive Plan Update. The city has begun the public engagement process to update the current comprehensive plan. Circulation of surveys, task force development, and public outreach has been conducted in order to form a vision and action plan for the future of the community. Buchanan County Housing Needs Assessment. The city has partnered with Buchanan County Economic Development Commission to update the housing needs assessment of the community. The data collected from this study will help to establish a baseline for the current and future housing necessity in the community. From these observations and statistical analysis, goals, objectives, and funding mechanisms will be explored and developed 
to encourage continuation or continued maintenance and development of high-quality housing stock in the region. Concept plan and fundraising for Community Splash Pad. The city has worked with community advocates and local leaders to develop to develop design plans and establishment for the future location of recreational splash pad. The city's council has earmarked local funds to pair with fundraising efforts of private citizens to provide another asset to its citizens and an attraction to welcome future visitors. The date and location of the assessment, October 17, 2022, Jessup City Council Chambers. There was no objection to this project. The mayor requested a motion to close the public hearing. There was a motion by Bell, seconded by Bishop, to close the public hearing. Motion carried three to nothing. The mayor declared the meeting closed. Nick Frotsky, INRCOG, addressed the council regarding the CDBG application for the Neighborhood Revitalization Program. Frotsky spoke regarding the two phases of this program. Phase 1 is a planning study around a specific target neighborhood to prepare an action plan for neighborhood revitalization. Phase 2 is to complete the revitalization plan. Frotsky discussed how this project must address several interrelated activities, including owner or tenant-occupied single-family housing rehabilitation, commercial building facades, parks and open space, sidewalks and trails, stormwater, drainage improvements, community facilities, water, sewer upgrades, curb and gutter, street repair, demolition and clearance, and or streetscape improvements. Motion by Bishop, seconded by Rawson, to approve the resolution number 2023-16, resolution of the City Council of Jessup, Iowa, approving a community development block grant application designating the mayor as the official representative of the city and authorizing the mayor to affix his signature to said application and certain assurances in conjunction with same. Roll call, ayes, bell, Ross, and bishop, shares, nays, none. Motion carried for nothing. Motion by bell, seconded by bishop, to approve resolution 2023-17, resolution of the city council of Jessup, Iowa, authorizing the mayor to sign a memorandum understanding with the Iowa Northland Regional Council of Governments in Interoc for the administration of the community development contact with the Iowa Economic Development Authority. Roll call, ayes, shares, Bishop, Bell, Rawson, nays, none. Motion carried four to nothing. Motion by Bell, seconded by Bishop to approve resolution number 2023-18, Resolution of the City Council of Jessup, Iowa, granting Iowa Economic Development Authority certain financial assurances in conjunction with the Community Development Block Grant application. Roll call, ayes, Bishop, shares, Bell, Rawson, nays, none, motion carried, four to nothing. Motion by Bell, seconded by Bishop, to set October 24th, 2022 at 12 p.m. as a date for a special council meeting to approve the minutes for this meeting for the Neighborhood Revitalization Grant Application Program. Motion carried four to nothing. Attorney Prendergrass spoke regarding conduct conducting in this special council meeting via email. There was no citizen input. Department reports Rawson questioned the status of the West Jessup development. Rawson complimented the library on the number of patrons that the library serves. 
Bell complimented the ambulance for not having any missed calls. Motion by Rolfson, seconded by Bishop, to approve change order number one, the amount of $3,231.60 for Benson Shady Grove Avenue Sanitary Sewer Extension Project. Roll call, ayes, Bishop, shares, Rolfson, Bell, nays, none. Motion carried four to nothing. There's a motion by Bell, seconded by shares, to approve resolution 2023-19, resolution approving payment for the Benson Shady Grove Avenue Sanitary Sewer Extension Project. Roll call ayes. Bell, Rolfson, shares, Bishop, ayes, none. Motion carried four to nothing. Motion by Bishop, seconded by Bell, to approve resolution 2023, accepting improvements, Benson Shady Grove Avenue Sanitary Sewer Extension Project. Motion carried four to nothing. Motion by Rolfson, Rolfson, seconded by Bishop, to approve Resolution 2023-21, Resolution Approving Payment Number 3 for the Benson Shady Grove Avenue Sanitary Sewer Extension Project. Roll call. Motion carried four to nothing. Motion by Rolfson, seconded by Bishop, to approve a, a change in order number 2 in the amount of $8,869.56 for the Hawkeye Road Water Main Extension Project. Roll call. Shares Bishop Rolfson Bell, motion carried four to nothing. Motion by Rolfson, seconded by Bishop, to approve resolution 2023, the resolution approving the payment for the Hawkeye Road Water Main Extension Project. Roll call carried four to nothing. Motion by Rolfson, seconded by Bell, to approve resolution 2023-23, resolution accepting improvements on the Hawkeye Road Water. Extension project, roll call, vote, motion carried four to nothing. Motion by Rolfson, seconded by Bishop to approve resolution 2023-24, approving the payment for the Hawkeye Road Water Main Extension Project, carried four to nothing. Finally, Fetcather updated the Council on Progress of the Wastewater Treatment Plant Project, motion by Shares, seconded by Bishop, to approve resolution 2023-25, the resolution approving the payment for wastewater treatment plan improvements 2020 project. Roll call. Eyes, shares, Rolfson, Bishop, Bell, nays, none. Motion carried four to nothing. Becky Elson, Jessup Wright Place Child Care Center, spoke regarding a do- donation from the city. The daycare is seeking $250,000 from the city to match a state grant. The Jessup Wright Place Child Care Center has determined that the location of the daycare will be at the corner of Prospect Street and First Street on Jessup Community School grounds. The Jessup Wright Place Child Care Center would like the city to consider partnering with the Jessup Wright Place Child Care Center to, to lease land from the Jessup Community School. Elson stated that the school can lease the land to the city for $1 per year versus $750 per month for lease the land directly to the Jessup Wright Place Child Care Center. Attorney Pendergrass spoke regarding the legality of donating city funds to a nonprofit organization. Pendergrass stated she spoke with Ehlers and Cooney, the city's bonding attorney. The city would need a development agreement written between the city and Jessup Wright Place Child Care Center under Chapter 15A of the Iowa State Code. Council Member Bell questioned the estimated cost of the daycare. Elson stated it will cost $2.3 million. Elson applied for a $1.3 million grant. 
the remaining funds or funding is or undetermined, excuse me. Elson stated that October 31st, 2022 is the deadline for spending the $250,000 donation from the city to secure the $250,000 matching grant. Bell raised concerns why the Jessup Wright Place Child Care Center came to the city with two weeks of the, of the deadline to ask for the donation. There was a discussion of the Jessup Wright Place Child Care Center asking the state for the extension of the matching grant. The council identified a definite need for the licensed registered daycare center within the city of Jessup. A motion by Bell, seconded by shares, approved identifying a need for licensed registered day, daycare center within the city of Jessup and would support the project. Roll call, ayes, Bell, Bishop, shares, abstained, Rolfson, nays, none. Mayor even spoke regarding the Committee for the Comprehensive Plan Task Force, motioned by shares, seconded by Rolfson to approve the Committee for the Comprehensive Plan Task Force, motion carried four to nothing. Michael Fetkeller spoke regarding the Winter Festival. This will take place December 3, 2022 in Atlanta Corn Park. Fetkeller would like to close Young Street from 6th Street to Main Street for, for approximately 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Motion by Shares, seconded by Bishop, to approve closing Young Street from 6th Street to Main Street on December 3, 2022, approximately 3 to 9 for the winter festival. Motion carried 4 to nothing. Motion by Rolfson, seconded by Shares, to adjourn the meeting. Motion carried 4 to, four to nothing. Mo- the meeting adjourned at 8.14 p.m. Blake, to you about the 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 library calendar and co-work news. So in the library news for this week, the upcoming events for the Jessup Public Library, um, they will be at the Jessup Public Library unless otherwise stated. The Little Tot Storytime meets every Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Join us for songs, stories, and more. Spice Club, at the beginning of each month, pick up a take-home kit that includes a featured spice, information on its history and uses, and a recipe or two. October is turmeric. Open to cooking enthusiasts of all ages. Supplies are limited on a first-come, first-served basis. STEM Wednesdays, November 2nd at 1.30 p.m. ISU Buchanan County Extension presents STEM Wednesdays on early dismissal days. Join us in November for scurrying squirrels with a squirrel story, a squirrel activity, and a snack fit for a squirrel. Trail mix. Most suitable for grades K-4. through Pre-registration is required and limited to the first 15 kids. Call the Jessup Public Library at 319-827-1533 with questions. The book club for this month is The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek by Kim Michelle Richardson, and that meets on Monday, November 21st at 1 p.m. Books are available to pick up at the library. The media sale is books, DVDs, puzzles, games, and more that have been donated and are available for a free will donation to the Friends of the Library. In co-work news... October 24th, Boyd's Food Truck. Boyd serves a variety of smoked meats and sandwiches along with the best cheese curds around. October 24th, they will be here 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. October 28th, Hocus Pocus Charcuterie, Parent and Child 8 Plus Make and Take event. See the CoWork Facebook page for more information. That is October 28th at 6.30 p.m. Costume Party and Soup Cook-Off will be on October 31st, Halloween. Dress up for Halloween and join us for a soup cook-off. Prizes for the best costume and soup. That is October 31st, 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Wednesdays and Fridays, 
The Homebrew Coffee Truck is serving specialty coffee drinks from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And on November 11th at the Cowork 591, Community Coffee from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. It is open to the public. Uh, the event is celebrating the community and our veterans. Free community, pr- free coffee served by Cowork 591. And if you prefer a specialty coffee, Homebrew Coffee Truck will be here that day. Please join us for a conversation and to meet some veterans of your community. Steve Brown Art Center Podcast Network from Cowork 591 Studios in downtown Jessup, Iowa. Just a reminder, um, the Jessup Winter Festival is December 3rd. If you're interested in more information on that, go to its Facebook page and they, they keep updating information on that. That That is the 3rd from 3 o'clock until 9 o'clock, I believe. And now the school news. Public hearing on the proposed continuation of the Instructional Support Levy Program was held with no comments received. The regular board meeting was held October 10th of 2022. The Board of Directors of the Jessup Community School District regular meeting was called to order by the President Masteller at 6.02 p.m. October 10th, 2022 in the Pre-K-8 Media Center. President was Bell, Clayburg, Covington, Donnelly, Jung, Masteller, and Miller. Absent was none. Staff reports TLC connectors Karabakis, Michelle Klein, and Bruce Wall presented the board a brief overview of our teacher support program and this year's goals. Administrator reports, administrators provided updates on their building's events. The superintendent reports, Superintendent Cohagen provided updates on the HVAC project, bonding enrollment, board goals, and missions, and next regular board meeting on November 14, 2022. As I, when I finish the board minutes here, Superintendent Cohagen is going to join us for, a, for a, a brief interview. Meeting with rural school parents, first labor management committee meeting scheduled for this school year and registration information for the IASB annual convention in November. Consent items. October 10th, 2022, regular meeting at agenda minutes of the September 12th regular board meeting, September 21st, special board meeting, October claims, September financial statements, September transportation reports, open enrollment applications from Amber Reber, fundraisers as presented, resignation of Wynn Dunnecke, paraeducator, contract amendments, modifications for Anita Kegley, para certificate, and recommendations of hire for Lily Devlin, before and after school worker, and substitute staff of Brad Browsard, substitute custodian. Upon motion by Junk, seconded by Donnelly, it was resolved to approve the consent items as presented. All aye, motions carried. Upon motion by Clayburg, seconded by Covington, it was resolved to approve the resolution to consider continued participation in the Instructional Support Levy Program, motion carried, roll call vote. Sharing agreement with, with Independence for Girls Wrestling and bow, Bowling, upon motion by Jung, seconded by Covington, it was resolved to approve the sharing agreement with Independence Community School District for Girls Wrestling and Bowling is presented. Motion carried, all aye. 
IASB legislative priorities upon motion by Covington, seconded by Clayburg, it was resolved to approve the selected legislation priorities as to discuss research-based initiatives, standards and accountability, mental health, teacher recruitment, licensure, and supplemental state aid. All aye, motion carried. School Board Policy Quarterly Updates, first reading upon motion by Covington, seconded by Jung, it was resolved to approve the first reading for the quarterly board policy upon updates from the IASB and presented all eyes motion carried. Allowable growth and supplemental state aid for special education deficit upon motion by Jung, seconded by Donnelly, it was resolved to approve allowable growth and supplemental state aid in the amount of $365,409.64 for special education deficit spending during the fiscal year of 2022. All aye, motions carried. 2022 Iowa School Board Convention Delegate upon motion by Covington, seconded by Donnelly, was resolved to approve the appointment of Nate Clayburg to serve as a representative at the 2022 Iowa School Board Association Delegate Assembly. All ayes, motion carried. Rural School Memorial. Upon motion by Jung, seconded by Covington, it was resolved to approve donations made to Jessup Community School District in memoriam of, of Robert McNerney, husband of former principal Sarah McNerney, designated for Amish Rural Schools. All aye, motions carried. Tentative sharing agreement with independence for a part-time human resource manager, Upon motion by Jung, seconded by Covington, it was resolved to approve the tentative sharing agreement with Independence Community School District for the Human Resource Manager. All aye, motions carried. Correspondence items updates provided on daycare progress and committee correspondence, which we talked about earlier in school or in city news. Adjournment upon motion by Clayburg, seconded by Covington, it was resolved to adjourn. All ayes, motion carried. President Masteller declared the, the meeting adjourned at 8.22 p.m. We're fortunate now to have a, have a brief interview with Superintendent Cohagen. From Cowork 591 Studios, this is Steve Brown Art Center Podcast Network. We're here with our, our first interview ever. Um, it's uh, new Jessup stu- Superintendent Chad Cohagen, and we'd like to welcome him to the community and uh, give him a chance to uh, introduce him to our community. Um, Chad, how's the family taking to Justin? Oh, they, they love uh, getting back closer to home. Um, and we're familiar with Jessup just from back in the days. My wife is originally from Owine. I'm from Denver. So uh, we used to play Jessup when I was in school in Denver. And so we're very familiar with the community. Uh, excited to be back to, to the area. Um, we've been out in north central Iowa couple hours away and uh, you know one of the one of the great things that got my kids acclimated to the community was was farmers day they just absolutely had a ball at farmers day and uh, they've they've all got acquainted and they've got some friends and it's just been just been an outstanding move for the family and we we couldn't be happier to be here so you have you have five children is that right that's right I have a, a junior actually it's her 17th birthday today happy birthday Scout and uh, then I have triplets, uh, Addie Laney and Riker in eighth grade. 
And then I've got a little trailer, a uh, three-year-old named Crew, and all five kids are in school this year. So it's a, it's a new thing for us as I'm uh, aging, whether I like it or not, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting older as the kids are progressing through school. Sure. The, besides getting closer to home, what excited you about coming to, to Jessup? Um, I was ready for uh, a bigger school district. Um, I, I started out my, my teaching career in a little tiny school named uh, out there in Western Iowa, Titonka, and, um, and then came back home uh, my wife's home in Old Wine, so we spent 16 years working through the educational system there. Then I took my first superintendent's job out in Lake Mills, uh, Iowa, and that is a, a smaller community, um, roughly 650 students. Um, I'd been there for seven years, and you know Jessup opened up. It's right in between my dad, who's in Cedar Falls, and her folks who are in Old Wine. Um, yeah, and, and I knew Jessup had a strong um, just a strong community, a, a strong school system. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just kind of a, I talked to my wife, you know, Hey, this opened up. I saw that opened up and it was a small conversation and yep, we were all in. Let's go. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, let's get, let's get to, uh, the new that's coming to Jessup. Um, the auditorium and the new bond issue. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's quite a bit to that. I needed to get caught up to speed. So I've spent uh, the last few months um, meeting with the architects, meeting with our planning committee. Um, we do have a steering committee that that meets with the architects um, every week. So actually right now, we've spent the last couple of weeks working through details on the auditorium, 500-seat uh, auditorium. And... Uh, working the design um, on that, so we're we're pretty excited. Getting staff feedback, getting them um, on board with with what's going to happen is pretty exciting. That we've never had an auditorium before, and and so we want to make sure we get this right. So lots of lots of discussion, lots of conversation, um, talking about the design and how we can really make that that north end of the building really pop when you drive by and. And I think once uh, we're supposed to be getting some renderings so we can get some information out to the, the public because it's been a long time since the vote um, and it's time we, we get everybody kind of up to speed. Um, you know, we've, we've worked through the industrial tech room. There's going to be a new space there, a wood shop, metal shop. Uh, the ag room is going to be right off the auditorium there with an uh, aquaponics room. Uh, then the greenhouse will be right off right off that ag room. So that'll be kind of be that north addition. Uh, we're still still solid with those four classrooms off the middle school, um, going to the south towards the, the message board. And um, a, a few things we've, we've had to maybe scale back as, as of right now. Everything that was on paper when, when it went to vote, it ended up coming out to about $28 million dollars. Um, and all the voters, we did approve, I think it was 20, 20.9 million is what was, um, well, 13.9 was approved by the voters. And then we pick up the other remaining with, the uh, the bonds against right. our ones at sales tax. Uh, I don't want to get into the weeds too far with, with that stuff, but, sure. um, so anyway, we're going through some pricing. We've got a couple rounds of pricing to, to go through yet to, to kind of hone some things in, you know, there was, there was one of the things that we probably will push off will be we were going to connect the administrative administrative building in the back to the 
existing structure. Um, we were going to put some, add some offices there. Um, when the bids came in as they did, well, that was an easy one to, to strike off the, the top of the list because those, that space really didn't have a lot to do with teaching and learning. Yeah. And I don't need a new office. Um, and it was going to have some new offices in there. And, and so anyway, we'll be re- reworking some of those, those original plans, but, um, yeah, it's, it's time we get some more information out. So people get kind of get caught up to speed. Well, one of the things that really excites me is you said it's 500-seater auditorium. That allows you to get all the middle school kids, all the high school kids in one auditorium, one place, if you wanted to at a time. You know, it, that's, a nice, that's a nice auditorium. Yeah. As of right now, we can, we can get them. But, our, uh, you know, we're hoping, although this year is a little bit of a down year as far as enrollment goes, um, but with all the new houses, we're, we're expecting some, some enrollment growth. So right now we think we could fit all of those students in, but, um, you know, right around that, that thousand, thousand mark for student enrollment, overall student enrollment, a little bit more if you count the three-year-olds. Um, but right now we can fit it, fit that group into the auditorium. So, um, yeah, we're, we're excited to have that opportunity. I know you you have other meetings to go to here. Let, let's do a real quick lightning round. Have a little fun here, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, if you if you were to have a chance to uh, do coffee or soda, coffee. Okay. <laughs> uh, McDonald's or Chick Fil A? It'd have to be McDonald's because I haven't had Chick Fil A before. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Hawkeyes or Cyclones? Hawkeyes. Okay, golfing or fishing? Fishing. All right, uh, we know you got to get out of here, so thank you for being our first interview. And is there anything else you'd like to share for us, share with us before you leave? No, I, you know, I said it at the intro, we're just excited to be in the community. I'm excited to roll up my sleeves and, and get to work for the community and for the school, and, and my, my family is uh, absolutely loving it here, and so we're, yeah, we're just excited to get things rolling. Well, I, We'd like to extend a, an open invita- invitation. Anytime you'd like to be on, just let us know, and we'll get you on. We tape every Friday morning. So That sounds you're great. You're more than welcome. Thank right. you so much, Mr. Cohagan, and good luck in this school year. All right, thank you. Let's go, Jayhawks. Just a reminder, the Jessup Splash Pad Capital cam- campaign still continues. If you're interested in helping with that or, or need more information about it, contact Erica Havlick. For more information, um, that's going very well. Today, I'd like to talk a little bit about my Aunt Nettie. Aunt Nettie, Aunt Nettie Ackerman lived over by the, the Allen Hospital. And in the 1960s, my mother and I would go visit Aunt Nettie. She was my mother's aunt, actually. And at the time period, the small cities throughout our country had professional wrestling on their television show or on their TV stations. For example, Channel 7 had professional wrestling. And I can remember Ron Gonder, the the newsman that is on Channel 7 today, used to do the the play-by-play of the Channel, Channel 7 wrestling. And they would go to towns throughout the area. They came to Cresco as I grew up. They had two 
stars. Um, the good guy was Pat O'Connor, and the bad guy, all, all professional wrestling has a bad guy. The bad guy was a man by the name of Bulldog Bob Brown. And Channel 7 made sure that they, that they played off of each other and usually wrestled each other. When they came to Cresco, I can remember them wrestling each other in the 1960s. But one, one day, one Saturday afternoon, we came down to Waterloo to visit Aunt Nettie. And Aunt Nettie had bought tickets to go watch pro wrestling out at McElroy Auditorium out where they have the Cattle Congress. And so that night we went out to watch Bulldog Bob Brown wrestle Pat O'Connor. Um, Aunt Nettie called Pat O'Connor her boy. She loved Pat O'Connor. Some of you, those of you my age, um, my generation, you may remember this as well, you know, grow, growing up close to Waterloo. But we went, we went that night to watch uh, Pat O'Connor, Russell Bulldog, Bob Brown, and Aunt Nettie bought us tickets right down by the uh, ring. And I can remember Aunt Nettie arguing face-to-face with Bulldog Bob Brown. It was, it was quite a unique night. Now, the reason I tell you about this, not to bore you, is uh, regionally... There were all sorts of Bulldog Bob Browns. And there, the one I'd like to tell you about today is a man by the name of Sputnik Monroe that, that was in Memphis, Tennessee. Sputnik's real name was Rock Brombaugh. Um, at first he took the name of Pretty Boy Rock. And he was bullishly strong and Hollywood handsome. And he would wrestle at county fairs and carnivals across the, across the West Coast. And eventually, he got a contract to wrestle in Memphis, Tennessee, and he was driving to Memphis, and in the 1950s, early 60s, every, a lot of people hitchhiked, and he pitched, picked up an African-American hitchhiker that was going to Memphis as well. And he arrived in Memphis, and this man got out of the car, and people started calling Rock names. And, and um, one woman called, called him a Sputnik because it was considered bad to be a communist in the late 50s in our country. So, so he took the name Sputnik Monroe. Sputnik wrestled in the Cold War era in Memphis, Tennessee, and Sputnik would go out a lot on Beale Street and spend spend a lot of time in the African-American bars and restaurants there and became very close with many African-Americans in those restaurants. Well, eventually... He wanted to fill the auditorium there in Memphis. And they would only allow a certain amount of African Americans into the auditorium. And so he bribed one of the counters to allow more African Americans in so that they could watch him wrestle as well. And Sputnik 
became very popular among the African-American people in, in Memphis. And um, there was one lady that said she had, she had four, four pictures on her wall. She had, a, she had a family picture. She had a picture of Jesus. She had a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. And she had a picture of Sputnik on her wall. Uh, because Sputnik went out of her way, or out of his way, to welcome African Americans to his matches. You know, here's this bad guy in professional wrestling, the Bulldog Bob Brown of Memphis, welcomed African Americans into his camp, and he is considered, you know, he desegregated the wrestling matches, the, the sports of Memphis. At the same time as Martin Luther King Jr. was doing stuff in the South, um, Sputnik Monroe deserves a lot of a lot of credit for that. If you uh, want to read more, there's a lot of articles out there. Sputnik Monroe's in the WWE Hall of Fame. He he is uh, gone away now, but his his family his family keeps his name alive and. You can read about him in a book called Robert Gordon's book. It, it came from it came from Memphis, is the name of that book. Um, there's also a song called Sputnik Monroe. If you get a chance to play it, it's a wonderful song. Um, we have, we have a couple thank yous this week. Mike Beisline at Union High School for having us over to talk about sponsoring a jazz festival at Union High School in March. With that, they want to have a soup supper, five school jazz bands, and then have a professional with each jazz band. Then also have two artists. Upcoming events of the Steve Brown Art Center. Um, Jen Loeb is, was in Jessup this past Saturday. Um, we will have more about Jen on, on next week's podcast. The John Decker Art Show at the Mollick Theater. The Mollick Theater is run by Jessup High School graduate Tony Fist, November 4th through the 6th in conjunction with the Independence Holiday Kickoff. The Steve Brown Arts Center is working with the Mollick Theater, Laces, and the Independence Chamber of Commerce. Then on December 3rd, and the in conjunction with the Winter Festival here in Jessup, the Steve Brown Arts Center is hosting the John Decker Art Show here at the Cowork 591 Studios. And that, that is in conjunction with Cowork 591 and the Steve Brown Arts Center. Just a reminder, the Steve Brown Arts Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that has a vision for artists, young and old alike, to have the opportunity to better themselves while helping to build the skills of those around them. It will be offering community programming starting in Jessup, Iowa, before expanding to neighboring communities. Programming will include a community speaker series that will showcase existing creatives who reside within the community, as well as a pop-up series that will spotlight and partner with local businesses to provide opportunities for community engagement. As we close today, um, one of the things that really excites the Steve Brown Arts Center is the building of the 500-seat auditorium um, that, that is going to, to bring 
more to the arts in our, our community as well. If you'd like to donate to the Steve Brown Arts Center or have an idea for an event, go to the stevebrownartcenter.org and follow the link. If you have news or would like to sponsor us, email us at jgillespiegolf at gmail.com or call 319-290-0241 and leave a message. The email again is jgillespiegolf at gmail.com or call 319-290-0241 and leave a message. As always, thanks to Blake Tempest, Tony Lang, and Kelly Seahas at CoWork 591 Studios. Have a great week, everybody.